Greetings, everybody. I'm Pastor Casey, back with another episode of Innovating Church. This is our fifth in the series of field reports relating to COVID-19 and the challenges and innovations around it. Today, I am joined by Bob Ippel, who is the Executive Director of Rehoboth Christian Schools. And uh, Bob, would you open us in a word of prayer, please? I'd be happy to. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your love, for your providence, for the body of Christ, for the fact that we have a rock on which we can stand. And we pray that you will help us to continue to be a people of faith, no matter what our circumstances. Thank you for the provisions of the past. And we know that today and tomorrow, are in your hands also, and we praise you for that. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bob. Uh, can you start out by just giving us a, uh, an overview of who you are, what you do, who you serve, uh, what are the pertinent details of, of your ministry? So um, I am the executive director at Rehoboth Christian School. I've been here for 27 years. We're in Northwest New Mexico. The school was started by the Christian Reformed Church as a mission and outreach, particularly to the Native American communities, the Navajo Nation and the Pueblo of Zuni in particular. Uh, the school and um, for a while it had been a, a hospital also, but the, the hospital um, actually moved into the city of Gallup, but now the school has continued on providing education um, in this area. We um, used to be a boarding school uh, because people lived so far away and transportation was very difficult to arrange. And um, in the late, in the early 70s, we ended up uh, closing the boarding schools and, and moving into uh, busing. And so the, the buses would um, now take students probably 60 miles in every direction. So we, we cover about a uh, thousand miles a day um, when we do our normal transportation in the morning and the evening. Come from Arizona, as I said, the Pueblo of Zuni, um, different parts of the Navajo Nation. And then we serve McKinley County and, and Gallup, New Mexico. So, and I was called here, you know, we were, my wife and I were both looking for, uh, felt, felt an, uh, a calling to, to uh, be involved in another culture. Um, we had done a lot of inner city work, um, but there was just something tugging at our heart and we had no clue what was in store for us when we got to New Mexico, um, but have just fallen in love with the people and with the beauty of the creation and uh, just have felt a real... Um, purpose being here. We, we just feel like this is family, this is home. So 27 years is a long time, and I'm sure you've uh, met some different challenges along the way. Um, is uh, this current pandemic, uh, would you qualify that as your biggest challenge so far, or just another in amongst a series of challenges? Well, I um, have had, I've worn many hats here at Rehoboth. I've been um, teaching many different uh, subject areas in the middle school, I've directed choirs, ran an after school program, 
and only recently did I take on the position as head of school. And um, I have not really been able to lead the school through a lot of challenges, <laughs> but I definitely have been given a big one to, to start with. So this is my third or fourth year in this position. Um, but because I know the people so well, I know the staff so well, I know the community, I know the culture of our school, and it, it's been um, a real privilege to be in this position, but also one that has made me very uh, humble. I remember when we first got the word that um, we were going to close school for three weeks, that all of a sudden I was you know, very, very concerned. How are we going to move forward? Many communities are such that they can just have everybody go online and just continue education because people have computers at home and they all have great internet. And the reality is here, we don't have that. So 70% of our families probably, you could say, have good, reliable internet. 30% don't. So how do you serve both groups of people equitably and um, and give the best that you can and so that was that was kind of scary and then and then when when they started to talk about things closing down everywhere and they talked about um, uh, even longer uh, times of closures it became very frightening and then and I started to wonder about things like finances, what's going to happen with donations, and what's going to happen with with um, all of our volunteers who normally come out and work at Rehoboth on our campus. And so it was all very daunting, and, um, and I definitely was on my knees and um, just felt like God provided in amazing ways that I, that I never imagined. We have a staff that was very creative and very willing to go beyond just teaching one way. So we ended up not only having our normal internet type teaching, but we also provided Chromebooks for students and USB flash drives. And then every week uh, people come in and do exchanges. Some of those people cannot come in because they live too far away. And so we kind of follow our bus routes and do the exchanges out on the reservation. Um, we also uh, found sometimes that staff would have to meet uh, a family on a Saturday. Um, I drove one, one of our students um, when this first happened. She ended up being in a whole nother community called the Acoma Pueblo, which is probably in two hours from here, an hour and a half from here. So my wife and I drove out to her and brought all of her school materials. So we ended up developing this rhythm that every week we would do this Monday, what we called Monday Exchange Day. And again, those people who, who had internet could do a lot of their submittal of homework and that sort of thing that way. But the rest of them had to do a lot of, of um, you know, traveling to, to make that happen. Another amazing thing besides just the, the passion and willingness of the staff to go um, beyond was also the parents. I mean, for them to be willing to drive in or to go to a parking lot where there was a hot spot so their kids could do homework. You know, this is the kind of reality that the people already, they're, they're already unique in that they have chosen Rehoboth. They have to make a 
financial sacrifice to come here, even if it's a small amount. Um, it's based, the tuition is based on their family income. But not only have they made that kind of a commitment, but a commitment that they're willing to have their kids on a bus um, that many hours uh, a day in order to have Christian education. And then to go to find those hot spots and, and um, do those travel and spend all that time on the road. So, um, yeah, I've just been moved by the fact that God has surrounded me with a community of not only staff, but parents and students that were just the ideal ones to be surrounded with in this particular situation. And another area that a lot of people don't realize um, throughout the United States is that the Navajo Nation um, really is very different than the rest of the U.S. That there's still a third of the people have no water, no electricity. And then when you talk about internet, that's just a total luxury. Um, and so we also were very concerned because of the economic downturn uh, that we needed to also be involved in the distribution of food and water. And so we began a breakfast and lunch uh, program where folks who could drive here could actually come and um, get hot meals provided. And then those who lived too far to come here, we uh, brought groceries and water um, once a week, um, again, on those bus routes, and then also to area churches that would then distribute to people who had a hard time accessing the food and the water. Some of those people are people who live in up in the mountains and um, who just do not have easy transportation or no transportation to get somewhere. So these people needed to have the food and water and still do need to have it brought to them. So we were fortunate to have two things happen. One, uh, the Christian Reformed Church has a uh, organization called World Renew. And World Renew was able to give us a grant that allowed us to purchase um, quality food, good water, um, and, uh, and begin that process. And so that's what we've been doing every Monday. That's our, our school material exchange day, and it's also our food distribution day. Sometimes we'll do 130 boxes and um, five-gallon uh, water jugs on those days. And again, a lot of it is brought to a church various churches and then they help distribute it. Um, if families can get here and we know that they are in need, they also have access to that. On our campus, another incredible thing that is happening is something called the Navajo Christian Response Team uh, Distribution Center. They call it the Love Site. So the Navajo Nation Christian Response Team has two major sites and uh, we are basically the site for the eastern side of the Navajo Nation. So uh, we have semis coming in, dropping off food. We have people packaging food. And again, just hundreds and hundreds of boxes of uh, food are being brought out to the Navajo Nation. What's been really cool is that Rehoboth um, historically has had a lot of love and support from around the nation. We get a lot of volunteers that come from, you know, all, all over the United States. And unfortunately, all of a sudden, these volunteers could not come because of a lot of them because of their age, but also just because we didn't want outsiders coming in. People were all kind of staying put everywhere, hunkering down. So how do our volunteers then continue to be able to bless us? Uh, again, how God provides, 
some of our volunteers are from the um, the agricultural area. So we have potatoes, a semi-load of potatoes come from Montana. Montana. We've had oranges come from California. Just recently this weekend, we had um, raisins and almonds and other dried fruits that have come. And so they have all been able to be used both by the World Renew Distribution Center and also the Navajo Christian uh, Response Team Center. So um, that, that's just been an absolute fa fabulous way that God's body throughout the nation has surrounded us through this time when the Navajo Nation is extreme, experiencing an extreme challenge with the high infection rate with COVID. Um, another way our volunteers have helped us is that, you know, to be honest with you, this whole idea of distance learning just does not fit a lot of kids very well at all. And we've actually had volunteers who um, virtually have been tutoring and checking in with kids as a way of encouraging them, um, uh, both high school kids and mid-school kids. And that's just been a, a real treat to see how they've stayed engaged in the lives of our of our students here. The other thing that we're blessed with on our campus is also uh, because we used to be a, a dorming school, um, we have uh, housing here and we have volunteer housing. Um, because we did not have volunteers and, and volunteer groups here, we've actually opened that up to people who are serving in the area in terms of the medical field. Uh, we have two pilots that are staying on campus right now who help uh, transport food. We have several doctors and nurses who come from the outside or some who need to be isolated from family because of, of uh, COVID, et cetera. Um, so yeah, it just it's to me kind of a miraculous thing that Rehoboth is in this particular spot at this particular time surrounded by these particular people and uh, that's not a mistake. It, it's God's hand. I mean, it's incredible. Everything you've said, um, you've laid out challenges that I think most schools can't even fathom and have responded in a way that, um, that gives so much more than I think a lot of schools are, are, are offering right now, which is uh, just absolutely phenomenal. Um, as, uh, as you were talking, uh, what, um, what has the infection rate, uh, been like in your area or for the Navajo Nation? Is it higher than normal or, um, what is, what is the COVID outlook look like for you? So, um, New Mexico right now in general is, um, starting to go flatline and to go down, but the northwest corner where we are, McKinley County, which includes part of the Navajo Nation, um, that is extremely high. And um, the, the, uh, they, they talk about the Navajo Nation infection rate being higher than that in, of New York. We are the highest in the country at this moment. You know, that changes from, from day to day. But that is what we are hearing this week. And the Navajo Nation, a lot of people don't realize this, but it's part of New Mexico, it's Arizona, it's Utah, it's, it's the size of West Virginia, actually. And so it's a huge area. And a lot of people, I think, thought, well, you know, it's going to be these urban areas that are going to be hit. You know, that makes sense that Detroit or New York or whatever would, would experience this in, in extreme ways. 
but we're we're very rural and yet we are being devastated by that and part of it has to do you know people are trying to figure out well why is that and part of it has to do with the fact well you don't have running water you don't have electricity um so when you say well wash your hands and do this and that you know as preventative uh options how, how do you do that it's not very easy the other thing is the beauty of the Navajo people, and this is one of the things I absolutely love about the Navajo culture, is they have such a emphasis on balance and beauty in family. And when you look at their families, they, uh, they often don't put their elderly off into old people's homes. You know, the elderly are staying at home. And, and my students, um, you know, this is, this is true. They... They will sacrifice school functions. They will sacrifice some of their own personal choices because they love their grandparents so much and they are there to serve them. Um, they don't live in, in cities. They live in little um, communities with just a couple, you know, just all the people who are related might live next to each other. But the kids are there chopping the wood for the grandparents and helping with the livestock and, and um, they they are so important to them and what's really neat too is that in the in the culture is that you'll hear that there's lots of moms and dads and brothers and sisters and grandpas and grandmas and it doesn't make sense until you realize that everybody ends up gaining that special status just because they are the uncle or they are a cousin or they are a nephew or a niece and so the the commitment to each other is absolutely amazing but part of that then you means that you have a lot of folks living in a small home um, all on top of each other. And so if a person gets infected, there's a very good chance that many people will be infected. Um, one of my staff workers today, I talked to him and he's got five uh, brother, again, those would be brothers or brother cousins or whatever, but who are all infected. One is um, in Albuquerque um, in ICU. So, um, so yes, it's a, it's a very big deal here. Um, the Navajo Nation has done an incredible job in terms of doing what they can to um, help stop, to, to flatten the curve. They, we, they have weekend curfews almost every weekend that's 57 hours long. Um, every day there's a curfew that people have to be in at night by eight o'clock. And so they have done just a fabulous job. Um, the, the leadership of the Navajo Nation, um, they are two wonderful Christian people. Uh, Jonathan Ness is the president and Myron Leiser is the vice president. And they are very involved in even the food distribution to getting it out to the community and especially to the elderly who are so important um, in the culture. Um, so it, it's a unique challenge. Uh, it, it's a great challenge. It, we're struggling. Um, the problem is the Navajo Nation, which I said is so large, it only has a hand, a couple hospitals, and they aren't very big, and it's the size of, of West Virginia. I think the number of grocery stores in the Navajo Nation, just minimal. So people are always having to travel great distances, for example, to go to uh, border towns like Gallup, which is what we're part of. And um, there's just a lot of of money put into travel in order to get the necessities. Um, I had a mom 
who wrote me, so one of my students who lives up in the mountains, she probably is an hour and 15 minutes from here. But, you know, she said that their closest grocery store was uh, 30 minutes and their closest pharmacy was uh, an hour. Um, and again, you might find stores on the reservation, but the, the cheaper prices are going to be in a border town. And so people are going to want to run to Walmart or, you know, those kinds of places. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a major problem. Um, right now, where I sit, um, I'm sorry. It's all right. But it's, you know, you hear a lot of um, airplanes and helicopters that are flying people from our two local hospitals uh, to Albuquerque. We have so few IC unit uh, ventilators and that kind of thing um, in town here. So uh, they try to get people to Santa Fe or Phoenix or Albuquerque. So there's a lot of, uh, lot of people being transported. Um, that's that's uh, tough too. Um, just because they they leave the community, and um, and obviously, like anywhere, you can't go in with the patients, and so a lot of people are dying or worrying about their loved ones um, without being able to be with them, and so. There's just a lot of our kids who have lost grandparents and um, relatives. So it's it's not, it's you know, I think in some places it's, it's like, oh, I wonder if anybody ever gets it. And here it's it's not, um, it's, it's just who gets it. It, it. Everybody knows people who have been impacted for sure. The other strange thing that I probably no other school has is, um, we have this campus and on this campus is a cemetery and uh we kind of end up being involved in that and uh, my staff has been helping people bury um loved ones because now it's so limited who can be at the cemetery and um so if it's an older person then it's going to be a few other older people that will be gathered there and they can't the, the tradition is usually people have to bury their own you know, we dig the hole and they have to shovel it all in. And, um, and you know, it's just a bunch of older people. And so our staff have been going up there to, to help families and walk alongside them um, to be able to walk through this grief, you know. So, yeah, I get, I get emotional about it just because um, I love the people and I love um, – the area and I I love what God is doing here you know even in the lives of my students um, I still am a choir director also and I look at some of the things that my kids write um, during this time and you know they they see God's hand in this and they see families being brought together and they see their faith being strengthened um, you know they, I I think that they really believe that God is in control. And I don't know how you can go forward in this time without having some kind of hope, without something to cling on to. The the, the big temptation in our area, and this has been a huge problem and, and part of the reason of the widespread 
um, uh, um, spread of the of the virus in Gallup is that we just have a lot of alcoholism, and people are on the street sharing the bottles. But I think people are sharing the bottle because there's pain, and when you have pain, you got to try to figure out how to escape it. And uh, again, I'm just so thankful that I'm at a school where we really can celebrate um, the fact that there is hope and that God loves these kids and loves these families so much. And, uh, it, and he's not going to, he's not going to let go. I know that uh, one of the things you said gave me hope. Um, the amount of coordination between you, your staff, your uh, volunteers, churches in the area, it sounds like, uh, other pilots and medical professionals coming in. Um, is that a normal level of cooperation or is this extraordinary that people are coming together uh, during this time? You know, I think, again, that's probably one of the, one of the things that God is trying to teach us is that there's a lot that brings us together and it's kind of silly, the things that have kept us apart. So, for example, I mean, the Navajo Christian Response Team and, and the Christian Reformed Church, and I mean, there's just so many churches that are now working together. Um, we get calls from so many different denominations of people saying, hey, we want to be part of what's happening at Rehoboth. Um, how can we help? And um, we, we've, been, we've been uniquely blessed, I think, um, historically, that we have had a nationwide ecumenical support for our school. I mean, it started out as a particular denomination, but it's expanded. So I think we've already had that, but I think um, it's just been, you know, enhanced. And, and to me, it's kind of interesting that, you know, the original missionaries who came out here 117 years ago, they wanted to bring Christ through education and through the medical field. And, um, you know, like I said, the medical um, operation kind of changed and, and moved away from here and has not really been part of our school DNA anymore. Um, but to think about how now we're kind of in that again. You know, we're all thinking both the medical, the physical, feeding the people, giving the water and the education, very holistic. Um, you know, the gospel um, is for every every aspect of a person's life and, and that's what we're about i think you know one one other thing is that i think you know with this whole distance learning thing we did do a lot of work in order to uh make the education piece happen but we all agreed that that was really not that important um it was so important to stay connected with the kids and the families and What's really weird is that I think that a lot of staff find themselves more connected with the kids and the families than they ever have. I mean, how often would you actually talk to parents every week or kids every week at their home? And I think um, we are going to see this summer because we, we talked about this. I mean, t today is kind of officially our last day of school. Um, it's not like this ends, you know, it's not like, well, now this is over. And so I think there'll be staff that will be doing weekly phone calls with students and, um, and will um, be parents and students would be calling us and asking for, for uh, support.
So we'll continue the food program. We'll continue the housing. Um, we've got some virtual summer school opportunities for kids. We're trying to do all that kind of thing. But the main thing is going to be just trying to walk alongside each other, they with us and us with them, as we um, pray that this lessons around here and, and things get better. Thank you. Um, usually I ask um, the biggest challenge and the biggest joy, and I think that you've really focused on, on both of those uh, during this. Um, so the question I want to ask you is, what do you think is the most important thing you've learned uh, since the middle of March when the world changed? You can do all the planning you want, but you know what? It's his plans. And uh, it's, it's so ironic. I mean, we started the year, we had just finished a big strategic plan. And so we had all these things we were working on and, and uh, I'm the choir director and we had just were ready to leave for a choir tour. Um, to the Midwest, we were gonna, you know, the kids were all excited. We had our choir shirts and everything came in and we were ready to go. And uh, we had talked about marketing plans for the school. We had talked about this and that. And, you know, you just think about all those things you put effort and worry and thought into, and then how suddenly that all really didn't matter, you know? And I think a lot of things that we put so much time into suddenly just were shifted to the side and you realize, wow, there's, there's certain things that are much more important here. And uh, so I think that's what I've learned is just, you know what, I, I need to stop trying to control things um, because God's in control. And I just have to really be watching for what his heart is and uh, what direction he wants us to go. Thank you for that. And in 2021 or whenever uh, traveling choirs can happen again, I hope you'll look me up if you're in the Midwest and uh, we can get you, get you guys slated here. That would be fantastic. We were, we were supposed to do a concert at uh, Brookfield in, um, just outside of Milwaukee. So we were going to be there near you. Yeah, that's uh, right in my neck of the woods. Um, so uh, before we close, um, I want to ask you, is there anything else uh, that you haven't told us today that you really need to let us know? No, I think, you know, just, um, I guess I would just like to make an invitation that I think Rehoboth is a awesome place where, um, where God works and we love it when people become part of the story. So we love it when people eventually get to come down here and, and volunteer or work with kids or come and get to know us. So we're, we're open. There's, there's room. Well, that's a, that's a good segue to my next question. I was going to ask you to uh, spell Rehoboth and tell uh, our listeners how we can find out more about you, a website or a Facebook page or something like that? Yeah, well, you, you can go to your Bible and find Rehoboth, or you can go to a web page. 
Um, in the Bible, it's in Genesis, and it's actually referred to, it's a, it's a place where um, when, when Isaac was trying to seek to uh, dig wells and he was not having success, he finally was able to dig a well where the people did not quarrel and they were able to stay and there was able to, they were able to have room and Rehoboth actually means, and there was room in the land. And uh, so that's, that's where you can find Rehoboth in the Bible. Um, it's uh, on a website, it's uh, rcsnm.org, rcsnm.org. And there's all different things that you can learn about Rehoboth there. You can learn about uh, the history. You can learn about how you can support it. You can learn about how you can volunteer. Um, we love to host groups that come down. We have hosted adult groups, youth groups. It's a wonderful place to come and learn and to see just the beauty of the Navajo culture, of the Zuni culture, um, the beauty of this area. Um, and yeah, we just um, always want to have open arms and be a place of hospitality. Thank you so much for that, Bob. And I, I know I will, and I hope our listeners will check you guys out and see how um, they can participate in your ministry and become partners. And um, I want to thank you for your um, openness and your honesty about uh, the trials that have been going on and also uh, just the amazing innovation that, uh, that you and your staff have had to uh, come up with to serve uh, your people during this time. Thank you. Uh, may I say a prayer for us as we close? Gracious God, today I give you thanks for Bob and for Rehoboth Christian School. I ask in the coming weeks and months that you be with him, his staff, his volunteers, with his students, and with their families. Gracious God, we ask that you lighten the burden on the Navajo Nation, that they come out of this stronger, with deeper love for family and for community. May you be with their leaders and with leaders in our country and around our world to help serve those with the most need. Gracious God, we come to you open. We come to you with the prayers and laments on our hearts, trusting in your abounding love and your infinite grace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Again, Bob, thank you very much. I appreciate your time today. Thank you.